Greetings, dear listeners, and a warm welcome back to the Diplomacy and Discourse podcast. I'm your host, MR, and it's a genuine pleasure to have you join us once more for this engaging discussion. Your ongoing presence truly means the world to us, and I want to express my heartfelt gratitude for your continued support. Before we plunge into the captivating dialogue awaiting us, I'd like to encourage your active participation in our podcast adventure. If you find value in our content, kindly consider leaving a review on your preferred podcast platform or giving this video a thumbs up if you're tuning in via YouTube. These small acts of support significantly contribute to our growth and enable us to connect with more inquisitive minds like yours. For those eager to share their thoughts, questions, or suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at diplomacyanddiscourse at gmail.com. Your insights are invaluable, shaping the course of our podcast. Once again, I extend my sincere appreciation for your unwavering support. Now let's immerse ourselves in the captivating narrative of today's episode. Thank you for being an integral part of our community, and let's embark on this intellectual journey together. One of the most pressing challenges we face today is ensuring equitable access to education worldwide. Education is not only a basic human right, but also a fundamental tool for social and economic development. Scholars have long recognized that education is essential in addressing long-standing inequalities and injustices, promoting equal opportunities for all individuals, regardless of their background or circumstances. However, despite numerous efforts and initiatives, education disparities persist in various parts of the world, particularly in the majority world. The majority world, characterized by high levels of poverty and limited opportunities, continues to struggle with educational inequalities that results in low attainment levels and limited social mobility. These disparities can be attributed to various factors. For starters, there is an over-reliance on external donor aid in these regions, making them vulnerable to fluctuations in funding and hindering sustainable development efforts. Additionally, issues such as child labor, gendered inequalities, inadequate investments, and political and military conflicts contribute to the educational challenges faced by these countries. To address the critical issues of education access, we need to implement strategies that focus on both increasing access and improving educational quality. To begin with, it is essential to prioritize investments in education, particularly in regions that are most affected by educational disparities. One of the primary disparities in education access is the divide between developed and developing countries. In many Western nations, Education is highly accessible, compulsory, and often free. Meanwhile, in non-Western countries, especially those facing economic hardships, access to quality education remains a significant challenge due to factors like poverty, war, and infrastructure limitations. By allocating adequate funding and resources, we can ensure that schools have the necessary infrastructure, qualified teachers, and educational materials to provide a quality learning environment for all students. In addition to financial investments, we must also address the social and cultural barriers that hinder education access. By promoting awareness and challenging societal norms that restrict certain groups from accessing education, we can create inclusive and equitable learning environments. 
Moreover, we need to implement targeted interventions to address specific challenges, such as child labor and gender inequalities. For instance, providing financial incentives for families to keep their children in school can help combat the issue of child labor and encourage enrollment. Furthermore, we must prioritize efforts to close the gender gap in education. This can be done by ensuring equal opportunities for girls to access education and addressing cultural norms and biases that hinder the enrollment and retention in schools. In addition to addressing these immediate challenges, we must also focus on building long term sustainability in education systems. This can be achieved through capacity building initiatives, such as training and professional development for teachers, strengthening educational institutions, and promoting research and innovation in education. To overcome the technical and infrastructure challenges faced by developing countries, particularly in the context of online learning, efforts must be made to bridge the digital divide. This can be done by investing in the necessary technology and infrastructure. Improving internet connectivity and access, and providing affordable hardware and software solutions. Moreover, it is crucial to engage with international partners and organizations to mobilize resources and support for education access. This can include collaborations for sharing best practices, funding initiatives, and knowledge exchange to ensure that education access is prioritized globally. Investing in infrastructure to improve education access involves various aspects. This includes building and renovating schools and ensuring classrooms are equipped with basic facilities like electricity, clean water, and sanitation. It can also provide transportation infrastructure, especially in remote areas, to ensure students can reach schools easily. Teacher training is a crucial component of improving education access. It should be comprehensive and cover various areas, such as pedagogy, subject knowledge, classroom management, and assessment techniques. The training should focus on equipping teachers with the necessary skills to engage students effectively, cater to diverse learning needs, and create inclusive and supportive learning environments. While teachers should have strong foundation in core subjects like language, mathematics, and science, there is an increased need to prioritize STEM, S T E M, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics subjects. This is due to the growing demand for STEM related skills in the job markets and the potential for technological advancements to drive economic growth. By enhancing teachers' knowledge and expertise in STEM subjects, Students can be better prepared for future opportunities. Regarding educational materials, it is essential to provide a diverse range of resources that cater to different learning styles and abilities. This includes textbooks, workbooks, digital resources, and hands on material. Prioritizing the production and distribution of these materials, especially in underserved areas, Can help ensure that students have access to quality learning materials that are relevant to their curriculum. Gender disparities in education exist in various parts of the world, but they are particularly prevalent in Sub Saharan Africa, South Asia, and parts of the Middle East. Factors such as cultural norms, early marriage, financial constraints, and safety concerns contribute to girls' lower enrollment rates and higher dropout rates compared to boys. 
Addressing these disparities requires targeted interventions that focus on increasing female access to education, promoting gender equality within schools, and challenging societal norms that hinder girls' education. Let's look at the inspiring example from the country Rwanda. In the aftermath of the Rwandan genocide in 1994, the country faced severe challenges, including a broken education system. However, under the leadership of the Rwandan government and with international support, Rwanda implemented a comprehensive education reform strategy. They invested in infrastructure, teacher training, and curriculum development, leading to a remarkable increase in enrollment rates and a significant reduction in gender disparities in education. However, on the other hand, Afghanistan represents a complex case where education access remains a pressing issue. Political instability, conflict, and gender discrimination have created substantial barriers to education, particularly for women. To address this, unique strategies are needed. One approach could involve creating community based, flexible learning centers in areas with security concerns. These centers could offer a safe environment for education and adapt to the local context. Since the Taliban's takeover of Afghanistan, Their rulership has had significant impact on access to education, particularly for women and girls. They have implemented policies and practices that severely hinder educational opportunities and limit the rights of women across all age groups. Here are some specific ways in which the Taliban's rulership has affected education for women 1. Restriction on the education of women. The Taliban's ideology opposes the education of girls beyond a certain age, often around puberty. They have historically banned girls from attending schools and have frequently resorted to violence and intimidation to enforce this restriction. 2. Closure of schools for girls. The Taliban has targeted and closed down numerous schools for women, leaving many young girls without access to education. This has resulted in a significant decline in enrollment rates for girls and a subsequent rise in illiteracy rates among women. 3. The Ban on Female Teachers The Taliban has enforced a ban on female teachers, preventing women from playing a crucial role in the education system. This restriction not only limits employment opportunities for women, but also denies young girls the opportunity to be taught by female role models. 4. Limitations on Curriculum The Taliban has imposed strict limitations on the curriculum, particularly for girls. They have promoted a conservative version of education that focuses heavily on religious studies that exclude subjects such as science, history, and critical thinking. This restricts the overall quality and breadth for education for women. And five, threats and intimidation. The Taliban's presence and control have created an environment of fear and insecurity, particularly for women and girls seeking an education. The constant threat of violence and the fear of being targeted for attending school or teaching have forced many to abandon their educational pursuits. With all that, it is important to note that while the Taliban's rulership has had a severe impact on women's education, There have been ongoing efforts by various organizations and individuals to support education for women in Afghanistan. These efforts aim to empower women, promoting gender equality, and advocate for the right to education for all. Technology can play a pivotal role in expanding access to education in remote and conflict affected areas. 
Initiatives like mobile classrooms equipped with internet connectivity and digital learning resources can help bridge the education gap. It is essential to involve local communities and leaders in the design and the implementation of such programs to ensure cultural sensitivity and acceptance. To address the global challenge of education access comprehensively, a multi-pronged strategy is required. First, governments must prioritize education in their budgets, allocate resources equitably, and develop policies that target marginalized populations. Secondly, international organizations and donors should provide financial support, technical expertise, and capacity building to countries in need. Additionally, Partnerships between governments, non-governmental organizations, NGOs, and the private sector can be instrumental in developing innovative solutions. These partnerships can support teacher training, infrastructure development, and the creation of inclusive curricula that address local needs and challenges. One notable example of successful collaboration between non-governmental organizations, NGOs, and international institutions is the Global Partnership for Education, GPE. The GPE is a multilateral partnership that brings together governments, NGOs, international organizations, and the private sector to improve access to quality education in developing countries. The GPE operates in partnership with national governments, supporting their education plans and strategies. It provides financial resources, technical expertise, and coordination to strengthen education systems and address barriers to access. By working together, NGOs and international institutions under the GPE have implemented shared practices and innovations to improve education access, including 1. Funding allocation NGOs and international institutions collaborate to allocate financial resources effectively. They prioritize funding for initiatives that target marginalized populations such as children in conflict-affected areas and those from disadvantaged backgrounds. 2. Capacity Building NGOs and international institutions provide technical assistance and training to strengthen the capacity of local education systems. This includes supporting teacher training programs, developing curriculum materials, and improving school infrastructure. And three, advocacy and policy influence. NGOs and international institutions work together to advocate for policy changes and reforms that promote inclusive and equitable education. Their collaboration helps amplify voices and influence decision-making processes at local, national, and international levels. Public-Private Partnerships PPPs, can also play a significant role in increasing funding and expanding educational opportunities. By bringing together governments, private sector entities, and civil society organizations, Public-Private Partnerships or PPPs, harness the strengths and resources of each sector to address educational challenges. Here's how they can contribute. 1. Increased funding. PPPs can leverage private sector investments to supplement government funding, thereby increasing the overall financial resources available for education. 
This additional funding can be used to improve infrastructure, provide scholarships or grants, and support innovative educational programs. 2. Expertise and Innovation The private sector often brings valuable expertise, resources, and innovative approaches to the table. Through PPPs, private companies can collaborate with educational institutions and NGOs to develop and implement innovative solutions such as technology-driven learning platforms or vocational training programs tailored to industry needs. And three, scalability and sustainability. PPPs can enhance the scalability and sustainability of educational initiatives. By combining the financial resources and networks of both the public and private sectors, initiatives can reach a large number of beneficiaries and have a lasting impact. Overall, the collaboration between NGOs, international institutions, and public-private partnerships can bring about positive change in education access by pooling resources, expertise, and innovative practices to ensure that quality education is accessible to all. Leveraging technology can be a powerful tool in addressing education disparities. So, here are some ways a country or institution can do so. 1. Online learning platforms Countries and institutions can invest in online learning platforms that provide access to educational resources, interactive lessons, and assessments. These platforms can be accessed via laptops, desktop computers, tablets, or even smartphones. They can be designed to cater to different learning needs and be available in multiple languages. 2. Mobile apps Mobile apps can be an effective way to deliver educational content to communities in remote areas, especially where access to laptops or desktop computers is limited. These apps can be developed to provide lessons, quizzes, and interactive exercises that can be accessed on smartphones or basic feature phones. And 3. Devices While laptops can provide a more comprehensive learning experience, Smartphones are often more affordable and accessible in remote areas. Countries and institutions can consider providing subsidies or loans for laptops or smartphones to students and teachers who need them the most. To acquire investments in connectivity and access to devices, political leaders, community leaders, NGOs, CEOs, and businesses can collaborate in the following ways. 1. Advocacy and Partnerships these leaders can advocate for increased investments in connectivity infrastructure, such as expanding broadband networks or improving cellular coverage in remote areas. They can form partnerships with telecom companies, internet service providers, and technology companies to bring affordable and reliable internet access to underserved communities. 2. Funding and Grants Political leaders, NGOs, and businesses can allocate funds or provide grants to support initiatives that aim to improve connectivity and provide devices to schools and individuals in remote areas. This can be done through public-private partnerships or corporate social responsibility initiatives. And 3. Training and Digital Literacy Programs to ensure the effective use of technology in education, training programs should be implemented to enhance digital literacy among teachers and students. 
NGOs, community leaders, and businesses can collaborate to provide training sessions, workshops, or online courses to equip educators and learners with the necessary skills to navigate digital learning platforms and utilize educational apps effectively. By investing in connectivity, devices, and digital literacy, stakeholders from various sectors can contribute to bridging the education gap and ensuring that technology becomes an accessible tool for learning, especially in remote and underserved communities. Education access and disparities are a global challenge that requires concerted efforts from governments, international organizations, and civil society. The case of Rwanda demonstrates that with the right strategies and commitment, significant progress can be made, even in the most challenging circumstances. In the case of Afghanistan, tailored and innovative approaches are essential to overcome the unique barriers to education access. It would be essential to advise policymakers and leaders to prioritize education as a cornerstone of sustainable development and invest in strategies that ensure equitable access for all regardless of their geographic location or socioeconomic background. Now, let's address another country in Africa, Niger, and talk about the education access in that country being a critical endeavor that requires a thoughtful and strategic approach. It is important to know how one would navigate this complex issue and work towards meaningful solutions. So let's frame this situation in the form of a narrative to make it more relatable and memorable for your diplomatic efforts. So imagine that you are a diplomat visiting Niger, a country with significant challenges in education access. You are meeting with local leaders, educators, and community members, and you want to make a lasting impact. So here's how you can approach this. One. Understanding the Landscape Begin by deeply understanding the educational landscape in Niger. Recognize the existing disparities, including low enrollment rates, limited infrastructure, and gender imbalances in access. Understand the cultural and social factors that contribute to these disparities. 2. Engage with local leaders Building trust and partnerships with local leaders is crucial. Sit down with tribal chiefs, community elders, and religious leaders. Acknowledge their roles as influencers and enlist their support in advocating for education, particularly for women. 3. Invest in infrastructure. Education cannot flourish without proper infrastructure. Advocate for investments in schools, especially in rural areas. Build modern classrooms and provide clean drinking water and ensure safe transportation options for students. 4. Teacher Training and Recruitment Focus on improving the quality of education by investing in teacher training and recruitment. Encourage local talent to become educators and provide ongoing professional development opportunities to enhance teaching quality. 5. Girls' Education Empowerment Recognize the importance of education for females. Work with local NGOs to provide scholarships, school supplies, and safe spaces for girls to learn. Organize awareness campaigns to change cultural attitudes that may hinder education to females. 
Six, leverage technology. In remote areas, consider innovative solutions like mobile classrooms equipped with solar power technology. This can bring quality education to hard-to-reach regions. Seven, community engagement. Foster a sense of ownership among communities by involving them in decision-making processes regarding education. Encourage parents to actively participate in their children's education and monitor their progress. Eight, partnerships and international aid. Engage with international organizations, donor countries, and NGOs to secure financial and technical support. Showcase Niger's commitment to improving education access and align with global goals like the Sustainable Development Goals (SDGs). Nine, monitor and evaluate progress. Establish a system to monitor and evaluate the impact of education initiatives. Regularly assess enrollment rates, learning outcomes, and the overall effectiveness of your programs. Adjust strategies based on feedback and data. And ten, advocate for policy change. Work with the government to reform education policies. Advocate for legislation that promotes free and compulsory education for all children, with a focus on eliminating gender disparities. Addressing education access in Niger requires a multifaceted approach that combines infrastructure development, community engagement, and public advocacy. As a diplomatic representative, your role is not just to provide financial aid, but to build bridges, facilitate partnerships, and inspire local leadership to take ownership of the education challenges. By weaving these elements into your diplomatic efforts, you can contribute significantly to improving education access in Niger and leave a lasting legacy of positive change. And now, wherever you are in the world, to get community involved. And spread awareness for sustainable change in education. The following steps can be taken: one, communication and outreach. Regular communication and outreach efforts are crucial to engage parents, communities, and civil society organizations. This can include organizing community meetings, workshops, or town halls to discuss the importance of education and the benefits of sustainable change. Utilizing various communication channels such as social media, local radio, or community newsletters can also help in spreading awareness. Two, collaborative partnerships. Engaging parents, communities, and civil society organizations requires building strong partnerships. Collaborating with local organizations, community leaders, and parent-teacher associations can foster a sense of ownership and collective responsibility for education. These partnerships can involve joint planning, resource sharing, and decision-making processes to create environments suitable for education. And three, empowering and involving stakeholders to create sustainable change. It is essential to empower and involve stakeholders. This can be done by providing training and capacity-building programs for parents, community members, and civil society organizations, engaging them in decision-making processes, encouraging their active participation in school activities, and involving them in monitoring and evaluation efforts can help create a sense of ownership and accountability. 
Among the three steps, the most important sustainable change is likely collaborative partnerships. By building strong partnerships, involving multiple stakeholders, and fostering collective responsibility, a sustainable and long-lasting impact can be achieved. Collaborative partnerships ensure that the efforts for change are inclusive, representative, and rooted in the specific needs and contexts of the community. This approach allows for the pooling of resources, knowledge, and expertise, leading them to more effective and holistic solutions. An instance of community engagement and collaboration in education can be seen in Finland. Finland has a strong tradition of involving parents, communities, and civil society organizations in education. The Finnish education system emphasizes collaboration between schools, parents, and local communities. Parents are actively engaged through parent-teacher associations and are encouraged to participate in decision-making processes. Community involvement in education policies and practices has contributed to Finland's success in providing high-quality education and achieving equitable outcomes for students. So, the global challenge of education access requires a multi-dimensional approach. Financial investments, targeted interventions, and addressing social and cultural barriers are essential strategies for addressing the disparities in education access worldwide. Efforts should focus on promoting awareness, challenging societal norms, and implementing interventions to address specific challenges such as child labor and gender inequalities. Building long-term sustainability in education systems through capacity-building initiatives and research is crucial. Moreover, bridging the digital divide through investments in technology infrastructure and collaborations with international partners is necessary to ensure equitable access to education. Consequently, providing education for those in need can be challenging, particularly around affordability and accessibility, as well as geographical diversity and a number of people requiring such courses. Given such challenges, opportunities for using technologies and for international education collaborations are immense. In order to tackle the global challenge of education access, it is important to recognize the disparities that exist worldwide. As we draw the curtains on this episode of the Diplomacy and Discourse podcast, I want to extend my deepest gratitudes for your viewership and listenership. If you found this discussion as enlightening and thought-provoking as we have, we humbly request your continued support. Please consider liking this video, subscribing to our channel, and leaving a review on your preferred podcast platform. Again, your active engagement and feedback remain the bedrock of our growth, allowing us to connect with a broader audience of curious minds. Should you have any questions, thoughts, or suggestions, Do not hesitate to reach out to us at diplomacyanddiscourse at gmail.com. Your contributions continue to steer our course. Once more, thank you for being an essential member of our community. Your support is cherished, and we eagerly anticipate your riveting conversations and episodes that inspire exploration. Until our next encounter, take care and continue your journey into the fascinating realm of diplomacy and discourse.